For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Fan is live and local with Fan Sports Saturday. The Fan Sports Day of the Week. Oh, this is some clever branding. Here's your host, Place Name Here. And that name is Tito. That name is Ryan Baker. That name is Cam. Those names are where we're at. Uh, Those names are not happy. God, Baker. It's So, I, I don't even know... First of all, we're not going to go scorched earth like skip commercial breaks and get in trouble that way. Uh, we could, though. <laughs> well, you could. I, I could not. You could. But um, I, I don't really. We got a lot to get into with Ohio State. We're going to do a lot of talk about that. We're here for a couple hours till six o'clock before we get into the Ohio State foot or basketball coverage tonight against West Virginia. But what we saw yesterday, and I've been trying to process all of this, and. Uh, I know, Cam, you are fairly new to all this, but you're familiar with the dump button, correct? Have you been educated on that? I'm somewhat familiar, yeah. Okay, because I, look, I don't want to curse, but I, I can't promise you I won't. I was literally, when I was getting ready for the show yeah. today, thinking of words that I can use in place of the words I want to use. I know, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know, there's... I, I don't think the expletives will fly, as Kramer said, but I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced. So, this game last night, and I know there are a lot of people clamoring for changes to be made up and down the coaching staff, up and down the roster, all the way to the top of the coaching staff. There are people, Ohio State fans, that want Ryan Day gone because of his inability to beat Michigan the last few years and what happened last night against Missouri. And I, the reason I, when I watched that game last night, Ryan, I, I can't remember the last time I felt like the offense was helpless. You know, like even when they're, when, when they get behind seven to three, I'm thinking this game's over. Like I, I had no confidence whatsoever in the offense at all. For the majority of the game. And you know who else didn't? Ryan, Ryan Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, and I, I started to justify it in my mind. And this is just stream of consciousness, folks. So thank you for tuning in and listening to us. But I, I look, I, what I'm saying right now is just my, I'm giving you everything in my heart and in my head, which isn't much. But I'm watching it last night and I started to rationalize things. But I said, you know what? I remember what Florida State's third string quarterback looked like against Louisville. When he had to play. And that was bad. It was worse last night for Ohio State. And then you say, well, Ohio State with the third string quarterback, um, you know, under Urban did pretty well with Cardell out there. And we've seen third, the third string quarterback in a bowl game. I can't remember which one it was through six touchdown passes. Um, Miller Moss. Miller for Moss. USC. For USC. The third string guy there. He went out and had a pretty damn good game as a third string quarterback. Keen Holes got thrown into, thrown into this because of the injury to Devin Brown. And you could tell Ohio State didn't have confidence. And I don't think it was a lack of confidence in Keenholes. I think it was lack of confidence in the offensive line, right? 
it, it was brutal. I've never seen anything like that. How in the world, Tito, can we... We are, for the second year in a row, yeah. going to go into, unless something crazy happens in the transfer portal, right. for the second year in a row, we are going to go into the season, Ohio, says Ohio State and Ohio State fans, not having a clue what to think about our quarterbacks, because there's no way you can judge Devin Brown... Or Lincoln Keenholes right. last night, the way that offensive line played. There's no way. You're right. And that's the worst part about this is we know nothing. Which takes me back to points I've said all year, which made me more mad about last season right. when CJ was here, that we are too daggone nice or too daggone incompetent or whatever it is to blow teams that we're supposed to blow out mm-hmm. and put these guys in in the second halves of games right. so they don't have to be making their first college appearances in bowl games and stuff like this. Yeah, first significant minutes for some of these guys. Yes, bowl wow. games, absolutely. Are you of, and I don't even put you on the spot. Put me on the spot. I'm ready. Okay. Are you in the camp of Fire Ryan Day? I don't think I am there yet. Right. Unless you give me a great answer of who's coming. Okay. If you tell me we're firing Ryan Day, Mm -hmm. and I know this is far-fetched, and Urban Meyer is the coach tomorrow, you would do it. I'm firing Ryan Day. Hmm. Now, I have never been in the fire Ryan Day camp, but I am... I, I am. I, I moved closer to that line watching last night. But here's here's the thing. And this, by the way, when you think about these things, a lot of your opinion based uh, uh, your opinion on this is is based on your wanting to take a shot. And what I mean by that is the argument. Yes, who's gonna, who are you going to bring in? If that's your only argument. That says conservative, right? Like, if your whole thing of, hey, we're not going to fire it, who gets better? If you're afraid of that, and afraid, I don't say afraid, but if that's the reason, if that's like your main reason for keeping Ryan Day as a fan, if that's your main reason, that tells me you're a conservative person when it comes to this. And I will tell you, I have such an emotional, vested interest in Ohio State football. Like, it is a, it, it affects my wife more than me. Like when they win or lose, it still affects me and affects it. Look, it affects your life. It affects your, uh, your mood. It affects the economy here in, in central Ohio. All those things are, are true. Well, Ohio state's football team affects all of that. But I looked at it. Whenever I do this, whenever I do this exercise, Ryan, I, I look at other schools that have made catastrophic hires. Nebraska comes to mind for me big time. Nebraska, they they aren't anywhere near where they they were such an elite school. Miami of Florida, Florida State, Alabama. Look, Alabama hired what Mike Shula, they hired some awful coaches for a while. Uh, they hired Rich Rodriguez yes. and he said no right, afterwards. Said no. Oklahoma hired Gary Gibbs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, USC. Notre Dame's had Notre some bad Dame, ones. Notre Dame, my God, Jerry Faust, and then everything happened after that. So all of those schools have gone through periods where for several seasons or a decade that they could knock it out of the hole or they never have see Nebraska for a perfect example of that. And that's – Ohio State's fired two coaches in my lifetime for performance, right? 
Earl Bruce, Earl Bruce. and John Cooper. John Cooper. Tressel, Meyer, there were other, uh, Woody, there were other instances yeah. that led to their dismissals. So I love that Ohio State is very careful in this process. The worst hire they've had since 1951 is John Cooper. All these other schools we're talking about have had worse hires. And Cooper changed the game for he was this great. university. Yes. Great in a lot because of ways. This university became a national program when John Cooper was the head coach. it did. He went everywhere else that Earl Bruce didn't to recruit players. And you couldn't beat Michigan, couldn't win bowl games, got all that. But he was was an important person in Ohio State history. And if that's your worst hire, I don't mean worst in a bad way, because I think Cooper's a great person. I've met him several times. I think he's a wonderful, I, 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 I love John Cooper. But if that is the, the hire, the worst hire since 1951, Ohio State's done hiring better than any other school in the country. You know what's funny? And I didn't think of this till just now when yeah. we're talking about this. Yeah. Ryan Day, mm-hmm. Kyle McCord, yeah. pretty damn similar. Yeah. Good to maybe a little more than good college head coach slash quarterback. Probably not great and can get you over the hump. <laughs> Ryan Day is 56 and 8. Yeah, I know. And I know. his eight losses are to teams that were ranked in the top 12. Last night was only his second loss to a team that wasn't ranked in the top five. But what is your standard at Ohio State? Do you want to be the best or do you want to be almost? And it seems like right now, Ohio State is almost. Okay. We know they've had some signature losses. Okay. Last night, for I will call last night. Last night, I've said along the, the game against Missouri doesn't matter unless Ohio State loses. That's why it matters. But, but it's a signature loss because of how bad it looked on the field. I'll give you that. But the, the Michigan loss is obviously signature. The Georgia loss, a signature loss, right? What would you consider? Signature wins in Ryan Day's tenure. He's beaten Michigan, okay? Not a great Michigan team, but mm-hmm. he's beaten Michigan. Uh, beat Notre Dame twice. The Clemson. The Clemson win. Um, He got one Michigan, you said. Right. The, the two Notre Dame. Yeah. But Notre Dame, when the season ended, like, the, the win looked a lot better at the time than it did when the season ended, right? Yeah, it doesn't look great. Right now, I mean, they beat Oregon State yesterday. They rolled them, but, but yeah, Oregon State now is a, a Mountain West team. So, but nonetheless, the, the wins looked better at the time. It was like, oh, two top five teams or two top ten teams going at it. Primetime games. They looked better at the time on the resume. They've, they've done fine against Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. But Penn State, we know, is a notch below Ohio State and Michigan. Yes. So... Franklin is almost. Franklin's uh, Franklin's less almost. But <laughs> I would say that Ryan Day is almoster. At Ohio State is almoster. But his almost is just a little bit better yeah, than it's their a little almost. Bit different. I know. But I'm not I as pathetic as the offense looked last night. What what bothers me most? And I'm, I, I am not. I am not with anybody who says fire Ryan Day. Part of it, yes, conservative. I don't want to see them make a bad hire. I do not want to live through what Alabama, Oklahoma, Nebraska, USC, Notre Dame have had to live. Texas. I don't want to live through what they've had to live through. I don't want that. My life's too short. I don't want that. I want better than what Ohio State was last night. I want better than what they've been the last two seasons. 
but damn it, I don't want Gary Gibbs as my head coach. I don't want uh, Rich Rod. I don't want those guys as a potential or the, it, you know facsimiles of those guys as the head coach at Ohio State. And I think that's the thing. You mentioned conservative. You know who else yeah. is conservative? Ryan Day. The play but yes. It's a fine line. Like Ohio State, Yeah. let's be honest, with what's there right now, the way they recruit, the assistant coaches, You're right. the Urban's infrastructure guys, Marotti, mm-hmm. Pantone, Voltolini that are all still there. Right. Let's be honest. You and I could go to Ohio State and go 10-2 and two every year coaching them <laughs> with their talent. Their talent is that good and usually that much superior than what the other team is playing. But you know who else did that too? John Cooper. His talent was better all the it time. Was, but right. when he got into games where the talent was close, that's when he lost, and that's where we seem to be right now. So do you, and I'm not saying you're wrong, do you think that Day is closer to Cooper than he is to Urban? Oh, I don't even think it's close. Really? God, I, hate, I, think, I can't say that. I think he is Cooper. Man, I mm. I got I here, I'm gonna pull this up because I know this is on my phone right now. I have a stat for you. All right. Since Woody Hayes was hired in nineteen fifty one, right. Ohio State head football coaches born in the great state of Ohio okay. are thirty eight seventeen and one in the game. Okay. Non Ohio born head coaches, Cooper, Day, right. three, thirteen, one. Now I, I know a lot of that was Cooper, obviously. It was Yeah, a lot of it was Cooper and there's a couple things, you know, let's go to a break. We, <laughs> we can do this all day without a break, and then we'll have people coming in telling us we're gonna put off the air, suspended all so we're not gonna do that. Okay? We are going to take a break. We come back. It's therapy. We're gonna keep talking about this Ohio State game, where the program's going, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try not to put Ryan Day in the same boat as John Cooper. We'll do that next fan sports Saturday on the fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year. Given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live, local, and still slightly drunk. I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Slightly. Need to be after. I'm Tito. He's Ryan Baker. Came back there running things. Follow me on the X app that happens. He is Shaken Baker 21 which is one of the greatest Twitter slash X handles ever. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, TJ Downing, former high state lineman, is going to join us at 5 o'clock. Greg Fry, 532. If any of the former Buckeye players want to come on and tell us what the hell went wrong, we'd love to hear from them. Current players, whatever. Um, okay, so let's get back to our Ryan Day talk. And I, <laughs> Am I a Ryan Day apologist if I'm giving him a pass on... The two Michigan losses during the sign stealing era. Okay. I personally, I'm, and I give them a pass on those games. They might have lost anyway, but there's that 
little bit of, but maybe not, where, you know, we're not sure. And I, I can't give him a full pass for yesterday, but yeah, you're starting quarterback and the best receiver in Ohio State history were not available to you. And Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I realized last night how much Ohio State relied on Marvin Harrison Jr. to stretch the field and exp- extend plays. And I don't know about you, I almost got a little bit more respect from McCord. Hmm. Not a lot. Hmm. Not a lot. If Let, McCord and Harrison are playing, though, do you think different outcome? Let me ask you this. Yeah. If Harrison, maybe, because maybe they double team, they don't blitz as much. Right. I can't put as many in the box. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you think with what we saw from that offensive line last night, if Kyle McCord was in there, it would have made a difference? I, because he's got no mobility, and you had no time to do anything. No time. Right. But I don't know if McCord being in there with Harrison together, if that combination has more confidence than as far as the play calling for Ohio State goes. Maybe. But hmm, I, I don't... I, let me go here, and I don't know about apologists. The Michigan stuff, mm-hmm. I think you lost every right to that this year when you didn't beat Even him. after the other two? I think you lost every right to that All because right. you had a get, you had a chance to go prove right. that it mattered. Okay. And you didn't do it. So any of the Michigan sign-stealing stuff for Ohio State goes mm-hmm. out the window to me because you lost your chance to prove that it mattered. Okay. To me. All right. Let's go back to Kyle McCord. Okay. And I, I said, Kyle, I think Kyle McCord was a, is a good college football quarterback. He might even be a little better than good. But I, from the very beginning of Kyle McCord, mm-hmm. all year, I said, he doesn't see it quick enough. He's just late. And I've said this in the Michigan game, even. Mm-hmm. And people talk about, they talked about it on the broadcast last night, about the crossover, the linemen trip over each other, the yeah. guy falls into McCord's arm. If McCord sees that play yeah. and he throws it when Harrison puts his foot in the ground to cut yes, and not after when he's taken two steps after his cut, right. you never have to worry about it. It's a completion and a first down, and we may have a different story in that game. Mm-hmm. So Kyle McCord was not guaranteed a starting job here right. because he wasn't quite good enough. He was meatloaf. Ryan Day, like, we can make all the excuses we want for him. Right. But when we are playing the best teams in the country, he hasn't been quite good enough. Now, next year, the the 12-team playoff and expanded Big Ten can't get here soon enough for Ryan Day. You know what I mean? Like, because next year, I'm not saying a loss to Michigan will be acceptable, but a Big Ten team can lose two games in the regular season. And still make the playoff. And still make a run, potentially, depending on their play. So, like, a playoff win would go huge towards Ryan Day's legacy. But if last night is a playoff game, doesn't that hurt even more? Aren't we even more angry? Um, Yeah, we probably are for the playoff. But if it's a playoff last year, if it's a playoff, Harrison and McCord are both still here. If it's a playoff game, Harrison's not sitting out. Probably not. And, you know, but again, would it have made a difference? There's only, and again, I don't know how they would have played their defense. Right. But there was only one play last night, and it was the third down play where Lincoln threw a 50 50 ball up to Jaden Ballard. Right. And I thought, man, Marvin would have really mattered there. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Because that could have been Marvin, and Marvin catches that ball. 
I have a feeling. So I understand all the anger. And I understand the, the, the people that are clamoring that want all these major changes. I just don't think, I don't think the Ryan Day change is the one to make or discuss right now. Because I, it, yes, Ryan, we want, we want to be the best. We want Ohio State to be the best. We want Ohio State to win these games, to beat the team up north, to win bowl games, specifically win the college football. We want them to be competing for CFP every single year and not just like lose to Michigan and not get into it. Like We want them to be in a playoff now going forward. But there's other things Ryan Day does that I admire about him as far as, as a college football coach and leader of men. And maybe that also speaks to age and conservatism, you know? I was going to say, does that matter anymore? <laughs> I heard Tyvis say this before. Ryan Day coaches really good men. Yeah. But that may not mean, and Tyvis didn't say this part that I'm right. about to see, that may not mean he coaches really good football players. The best mm. football players. I, I, I don't think he, he, Ryan Day doesn't have any Kobe in him. If you know what I mean. Oh, I see. What Kobe you're saying, yeah. was a killer. He was an assassin on the court. Yes. He was going to win at all costs. Right. He was going to cut your throat out. Right. Ryan Day doesn't have that in him. I don't think. And to be the best, to yeah. compete with Nick Saban, yeah. Saban's going to do it to you. So you better do it to him first. And I don't think Ryan Day wins the the gunfight at the OK Corral. And Urban had that. He was the best at that. Tressel, I, I guess, had that. Do you know of any super uber successful people that everybody likes, that everybody loves? Mm. Everybody Somewhere likes, along the way, loves, you've right, got to yeah. tick some people off right. if you want to be the best. Maybe Common Man. No, because I don't like him. But yes, I hear you say, you're right. Very successful people. You're right. There are people that, that you're going to ruffle feathers. And no one's not everyone's going to go along with you. There's a lot of people when you bring up Herbert Meyer's name in this town that are like, "Ugh, I can't stand that guy. Right. He's a jerk." And there's other words I would probably use that they would use. Right. But man, was he a great football coach? He, but he also every place he went, he left some carnage there. You know what I mean? Like in Florida, obviously troubles there. I know, and that's where you've got to decide. Do you want to have a, do you want to be win at all costs? And I guess that's what you have to think about. Do you want to win at all costs? I think that's the way it has to be now, right? If you want to be that way, a success, super successful in this sport. But I think if for all of, God, we're going to talk about this next. Let's do, let's go to a break because I want, I want <laughs> to, so much. I, I want to ask you another question about another team and get your reaction to it. We're going to do all that next. It's Fan Sports Saturday, 97.1 The Fan. Here's a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
garnish your Bloody Mary with sports talk. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. All right, Fan Sports Saturday. Tito, Ryan Baker, Cam with you. Cam brought up a great point. Was the Utah Bowl game a signature win? The Rose Bowl win against Utah. I would put it in that category. No Garrett Wilson, no Chris Olave. It was a huge, obviously, a, a Buka game. And, um, right? A big game, had the big game in that one, and then Marvin Harrison. Well, JSN. Oh, JSN's right. one thing. Yes, JSN, but not a Buka. Yes. Marvin had three touchdown right? catches as well in the that one, yep. and him and a Buka. That was like their first big time. Yep, that was. You're right. JSN had the monster game. So when I brought up the win at all costs thing with you, and then I thought about this. So. And anybody, anybody out there listening, if you are like, yeah, look, I just want to win. I don't care what it is. Would you feel the same way if the sign stealing thing happened at Ohio State or would that bother you? Is that part of win at all costs? I know we talk about, you know, maybe Ryan Day, maybe, you know, like you talked about the Kobe thing about that and how Urban was kind of different in that way. And I kind of counter with what I like Ryan Day, though, what he rep, how he represents the university and the Tyvis thing, the leader of men, but maybe not leader of great football players. But would we say win at all costs, are you are would you be willing? Would you be OK with winning at that cost? So here is my take on that in sports. Mm-hmm. Everybody is cheating somehow in sports, especially the good teams. Now, that may not be true, but that's my view on it. Okay. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And like the Astros, I never got mad at the Astros. I don't care about that because I don't think they were the only one doing it. They were the ones that got caught. Right. I'm pretty sure probably Michigan. Connor Stallions didn't come up. He's not the first one that came up with this plan. He saw it somewhere else. Right. Michigan, I don't think, was the first team to ever do what they were doing. They may have taken it steps further Mm -hmm. and had a more elaborate plan, but I don't think they were the only ones doing it. And don't be surprised, and you've already heard smoke of this, that Michigan is trying to get other people. Well, they were doing it too. Right, yeah. They tried to get Ohio State and Purdue, I think, on it also. So I don't think Michigan was the only team doing that. So it wasn't as big a deal to me, I guess, as it was to other people. I just think they're all doing it. I don't think they're all doing it to the level Michigan was. But, but they were do, they're all doing something. But in baseball, like the Astros thing, the sign-stealing thing with the Astros, yeah, everyone in baseball tries to steal signs. Everyone, that's why when the guy's on second base, you see a catcher change up signals, and guys try to tell each other what it's going to be. Uh, like, hey, look, you know, the, the guy at second base is trying to let the, the hitter know what kind of pitch is coming. Mm-hmm. Those things happen. Sign stealing is not wrong or illegal, I guess, in that sense, but the way the Astros executed, the way Michigan executed is what the problem is. Yes, I am sure other schools, other coaching staffs watch, try to decipher signs from teams on what it means, um, but not to the level of Michigan. That's what I'm wondering. Like, if, but if it was... If let's just say that Michigan has done it worse than anybody else, I don't want to win at that cost. I lost a lot of respect for Michigan. Uh, hatred aside, I lost a lot of respect for Michigan and Harbaugh with this sign stealing scandal. You know, and maybe so, but desperate times cause people to do desperate things, and Harbaugh was at desperate times. See, I believe. And yeah. I don't know if it's right, wrong, or indifferent. He was at desperate times. You're right. You're right. That's, that is true. Yes. But when you're 
out there and you lose your job and your family needs food, you're going to do whatever you can to get them that food. Sure. Whether that means cheating, stealing from someone else, you're going to do it somehow. And I don't think it, it definitely doesn't make it right. Yes. But I understand where they were and he was going to do whatever he could to get over that hump. I, I Listen, it's again, with like we talked about with Ryan Day, what do you want? Do you want to be a really good program that's in the top 10 every year? Mm-hmm. Uh, going now, going to make the playoff every year and have a chance right. and produce really good men? Or do you want to win the whole damn thing? I I don't want Ohio State to win the way Michigan won those games. But again, you had a chance to prove that that didn't I, matter. No, no doubt about it, yes. And look, the ha- if, if Kyle McCord has another half second to throw that ball before the final interception, we could be it could be a totally different season. McCord would still beat Ohio State if they win that game, uh, win the Big Ten Championship, go to the playoff. All those things could have been totally different if McCord had one half second more. Or I shouldn't say that, that, that if he threw if he the ball threw half it, second. Yeah. Yeah, if he threw it, okay, I should put it that way. If he'd have let it fly. Yes, if he would have let it go a half second earlier. It's a totally different narrative right now for Ohio State. Totally different narrative because we're talking about a CFP game coming up on New Year's Day. Yeah, you're getting ready to play Bama. Right. So it's a completely different thing if he gets rid of the ball a half second. You know, I've been saying it the wrong way all this time. I've been saying if he had another half second to throw. And you are right. If he had thrown, if he had taken the shot a half second earlier is what it should have been. Because he waited a half second and that's when he got hit. It could have changed everything. I... I am pissed off about last night. I am pissed off about losing to Michigan this year. I am pissed off that Ohio State was not in the CFP this year. But I I would not want to be there the way Michigan got there. I would not want to be there with a coach getting suspended, uh, you know, Two different times. Two different times in the same season. I would not want Ohio State to be playing in that game with Ryan Day having been suspended twice and have a snake of a coach who's talking NFL teams every year, saying I want to be at Michigan, going and talking to the Vikings, and saying, oh, no, I want to be here all along. I would much rather have Ohio, have what I have to go through right now with Ohio State than have to be, than be a Michigan fan and have to root for the way they're doing things. And you know what's funny? There's a lot of people that would probably feel like you. Right. There's a lot of people that feel I the know, exact I know. opposite hey, way. Fan comes from fanatic. And, and fanatic's not always it just it, it it causes us to make to make and say things that we might not say about other walks of life. And let me just get this and I'm speaking for myself here right now, and I think you too. We're forty minutes into the show right now. Right. I want to give Missouri some credit. That's a damn good football team. It is. That Ohio State played last night that nobody gave any credit heading into this game. It's a team, Tito, that I told you I started paying attention to at the end of October because I made a trip to Kansas City. Right. And I was listening to different sports radios along the way. And obviously some of those are Missouri stations. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about that team. And it piqued my interest thinking this team sounds pretty good. So I kind of started following them. And Eli Drinkwitz is a really good coach. Yes. Luther Burden is going to have a good career in the NFL as a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. That Trader kid at running back, that is a tough dude Mm -hmm. that wanted nothing more than to be at Missouri just like their quarterback, which I think might be another issue with Ohio State that we could talk about later as well. Um, But 
that's a tough kid, and he's probably going to have a long NFL career as a backup and a special teamer. Right. And that quarterback made plays with his legs, and his touchdown pass he threw couldn't have been anywhere else. It was a perfect, perfect pass, pass yes, it was. between three Ohio State defenders. You're right. So let's not, without all this being mad about Ohio State, let's give Missouri some credit, too, because as bad as Ohio State's offensive line was, as bad as it was last night, I think, with the lack of adjustments and the play calling and all of that, Missouri's a really good football team. They lost to Georgia, and they lost to LSU this year, which is nothing to sneeze at, I don't think. I'm with you. Heisman Trophy winner and and Georgia, who's been great, yeah. And don't forget, I don't think this is the end of the road for Missouri. The number one recruit, the number one defensive recruit in the country, I believe, is going to Missouri. Is that the one who signed early yes, because of that NIL, NIL rule they have Missouri? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he won't stay there. Maybe right. he's just taking advantage the money of for that. this year and then going to go but somewhere But maybe else, yeah. he sees that last night and says, right. hey, we could do something here with this coach. So I just want to give Missouri a lot of credit because that's a really, really good football team. Outplayed Ohio State. 1,000%. Outcoached Ohio State. Not even close. I think so, too. You're right. That That's a fair point. And we're not used to seeing Ohio State get outplayed that way. You know, not that, not the way it was last night. I was trying to think last night. I, I can't remember the last time. The last time I saw Ohio State, an Ohio State offense, and by the way, I'm old, so there's probably something more recent I'm going to say here. But the last time I saw their offense look that inept, I have to go back to probably the Cooper years, like the bowl game against Air Force or whatever, when Jimmy Crum called for his fight. I'm dating myself. I got it. That's fine. Um, or like the the Austin Mockerman, Steve Belisari opener against, I think, Miami of Florida in like a kickoff classic game or something. It was in uh, New uh, Jersey, yeah, right? East Rutherford, yes. where the Giants play. Yes, and it was an awful performance by Ohio State's offense there. You know, there were there were certain other times where in bowl games when Cooper took a team in and like they lost to Georgia, they lost to Tennessee in like back to back Citrus Bowls or whatever, whatever those were back then, um, where they played in that. But I don't remember other instances. And again, let me know if I'm missing something. At that happens on Twitter at Shake and Bake Twenty One, right? Uh, Shake and Baker, Shake and Baker Twenty One. Um, but I can't think of another time when I I felt that frustrated by the offense and you know what i've n- i never remember a time yeah where an ohio state offensive line was as bad yeah. as what we saw last night i can't wait to talk to tj i can't believe i haven't unleashed on this offensive line yet yeah, and the decision that they made to switch their off they've went with the same five all year long right and then you do it last night to give Matt Jones yes. some more on his NFL tape? Uh, Get the hell out of here. Let's talk about that next. We're going to keep on rolling here until one of us has a heart attack. This is Fan Sports Saturday on The Fan. We're the highest rated sports radio station in America. There's no joke there. We just are. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We firmly believe it's appropriate to tailgate before a youth soccer game. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. 
Tito, Ryan Baker, came back there running things. And I just want to just to let everyone know, of course, we all expected at this point in the bowl season that the teams carrying the Big Ten flag were Northwestern, Minnesota, Rutgers, and Maryland. Uh, because, only the best, right? Right, only the best. <laughs> Ohio State obviously loses. Uh, Penn State falls to Ole Miss today, 38-25. to uh, Maryland's winning 31-7 to over Auburn in the fourth quarter. The um, Orange Bowl, Georgia's got a 7 to nothing lead on Florida State after one quarter. And uh, Toledo, Wyoming just got underway, too. They are scoreless uh, in the first quarter there. If if Alabama beats Michigan, Tito, yeah. the Big Ten can't complain about SEC bias anymore after no, this. You're right. You're right. They can't at, at that point. You're right. And uh, But, God, what a depressing day. Um, TJ Donahue joins us at 5 o'clock. Greg Fry, 532. We could we could go till midnight if we wanted to, but we can't because at six o'clock Ohio State coverage starts. Maybe thankfully, um, when uh, they take on West Virginia tonight at seven o'clock, the Ohio State women lost today to Michigan. The number seventeen Buckeyes fell sixty nine to sixty, just adding to more Ohio State sports misery. Uh, but hey, the Jackets won last night in overtime against Toronto six five. Let's go, Jackets and Sabers uh, getting underway here in just a few minutes as the Jackets run a back to back there, the six to five win. I will admit to you on Thursday when I saw you, I think it was Thursday, right? Yeah, I saw on Thursday and we were in morning juice getting wrapped up with that uh, me and Beamer and you said you're going to watch more of the Jackets game at least uh, live you watched the entire Ohio State game I know you, you ran it back and all that and you watched live but you told me yeah I can't wait to watch the Jackets game I'm like dude no it's the Ohio State game you got to watch that and it turns out you were actually smarter than me I listen this is I'm I have a sickness yeah with the Jackets okay I have literally watched a Jackets game over an Ohio State-Michigan game before, the one year that happened. Yeah. I am a Jackets fan first and foremost. So last night, I watched the Jackets game. I flipped at commercials Mm -hmm. and intermissions. Right. I watched the whole second half of the Ohio State game because the Jackets were over, and then I went back and watched the whole Ohio State-Missouri game again today. So I died a slow death again. God. Uh, what were you? You were talking about the offensive line before, and I cut you off. So I had to go to a break. But what were you saying about the offensive line? It was terrible, the you, worst I've ever seen. You it, mentioned something in the rotations, right? And the fact that yeah. they they switched everything up. So I was telling you, and I wish I could find this audio, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find it in here today. I was looking for it. It was in the last two weeks where Ryan Day was talking, and there was a question about something else. And in that question, kind of nonchalantly, flippantly. He threw in, we might even get Matt Jones some time at center to strengthen his NFL tape, show more versatility on his NFL tape. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Everything we've heard, they're coming in to win this game. They're going to put their best team out there. They're going to roll with it. And then we're going to let this guy play center some so he can strengthen his NFL tape. Right. Well, then we find out last night they're changing the whole offensive line. They've started the same offensive line for 12 games this year. Not last night. Matt Jones moved from his normal right guard spot to center. Carson Hensman was not in the starting lineup. And Enoch Viami was the right guard. A guy who, Tito, has been here for five years and started one game. Right. Wonder why that was. And I want to know, uh, I never know, was that something that was Ryan Day's decision? I know Ryan Day said it. He's the head coach. No, I understand. Justin Fry go up and say, look, I, I really I think this is gonna work. I really want to do this. Then then you don't say we're going to play him there some right. to strengthen his NFL tape. You say, We're putting him there because we think this is the best for us. And sure. guess what? 
It was not. <laughs> it and it was apparent well. from the first play of the game. I have never seen Ohio State give up so much pressure straight up front. And any quarterback will tell you yeah. the worst thing is pressure straight up the middle. Oh, yeah. If yeah. there's pressure from the outside, you we can, can move. We right. can step up in yep. the pocket. If it's coming right in our face, mm-hmm. we're doomed. Every time Missouri did a stunt on the defensive line, mm-hmm. They ate Matt Jones and VME's lunch. Whoever is at fault. Right. Nobody picked it up every time. I have applauded Ryan Day and Jim Knowles this year for their abilities to make adjustments at halftime. Because I really think they have more so Knowles, but I really think Ohio State's made adjustments as a whole at halftime really well the last couple years. But I don't. If the problem is you just don't have as much talent as Missouri, that's bad. That you can't match up with them talent wise, even with the the you know Harrison being out um, and uh, you know what I can, other injuries are out there. Mm-hmm. But if so, if that's it, that's one thing. But I, I I did not think that Missouri had that much more talent going in, and I. I really wish Ohio State could have at least tried to make other adjustments at the half to have a, a at least a, a shooter's chance at that second half there, but it, it didn't seem like they did. No, they did nothing. And but maybe so they we're couldn't. Gonna, we're going to try this. We think so. Justin Fry, let's say your scenario is right. Justin Fry goes to Ryan Day. Yeah, he says, "I really want to try this. I think it's going to work." Mm-hmm. When do you say? Hey, dude, it's not, not working. working. Let's go back to the other way. But Carson be, Hensman never saw the field. There's got to be something else with that, though, is what I'm saying. There's got to be another reason we're not going to know about either an injury or an off-the-field issue or something. There's got to be something. I have to believe something else has got to be tied into this. You've got to say why it, though, because it. you look like an idiot right now. Yeah. Mm. It just seems like that... Like, that's why I'm thinking in my mind, the reason they didn't make the adjustments was something else had to be afoot in this whole thing. Here's the other thing. This was good enough for 12 games. Mm -hmm. Why is it not good enough now? And I'm going to need a really good reason. Yeah. Like, hey, like, we're going to start Lincoln Keenholes because he is a freshman, but we've really seen him progress through the year. Right. And we think he's gotten a lot better. Again, Enoch Viamy. He's yeah. been there for five years. Yeah. Carson Hinsman was the freshman in this situation. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. None of that makes sense. All right. Uh, coming up next, a former Ohio State offensive lineman, TJ Downey, is going to join us. Fan Sports Saturday right here on The Fan. During this 10-second promo, Rothman will lose money gambling on something. People like you come here and blow the family nest egg that built this town. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On Columbus. Just because it's the weekend doesn't mean we shut up. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. Tito with you. Ryan Baker. I've been so afraid, Ryan, that I'm going to say Ryan Day at some point is with me. Just because I've, I've said Ryan Day's name so many times in the last uh, you know 48 hours. 
That might be an insult right now. I, I don't know. know. I hear you on that one, yeah. I hear you on that. But I almost did that. Uh, but uh, joining us now on the Bryant Heating and Cooling System Fan Guest Hotline, former Ohio State offensive lineman T.J. Downing. Um, T.J., we I, I can't wait to get your take on this. You're watching the game last night. Uh, tell me what you saw from that offensive line. It, it, tell me something positive, if you can. Uh, I don't believe that I can right now, but I was just going to say I didn't really see much out of the offensive line. That was a, you know, from 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 my days of playing to what I saw last night, especially you know playing in a in a premier bowl game like the Cotton Bowl. That was just really a pathetic poor display of uh, all all the way around. I mean, offensively, there was just there was no gel. They did not click. They did not look like they were prepared. That's on the coaching staff. That's from offensive line coach all the way up to head coach. That was that was a pretty pathetic display of uh, of, of offensive uh, football. TJ, my friend, I'm pretty fired up about this offensive line and the decision last night to change what you have done for 12 games leading into last night's bowl game and switch your center out for your right guard, who has played center before and done an okay job because you want to get that guy. The reasoning we were told is more tape for his NFL film and put in a guy at right guard who has only started one game in five years leading up to this. And it looked like a disaster. Every time Murray stunt or Missouri stunted, VME and Jones were taken advantage of. Why in the world would they do that? I mean, if we're here to promote individual guys for the NFL, what are we saying to uh, to the Ohio State University and its legacy and its history and the tradition that guys like myself and guys that came before me paved the way for? I mean, that, does, that, that to me is unacceptable. We're out here just trying to get game tape for a guy for the NFL. No, you put the best five combination out there that can get you a victory because you're ultimately succeeding or seceding victory and putting up a white flag if you're saying that okay i'm going to put a guy out here that has one game under his belt and he's going against an sec defense that we know is going to be loaded with speed you know i mean watching simmons at tackle oh my gosh you could put a blindfold on me and handcuff my hands behind my back and I could do better pass pro than that guy in what he did last night. I'm coming up on 40 years old. <laughs> DJ Dowdy joins us here on the Bryant Heating Cooling System Fan Guest Hotline. He arrived on campus at Ohio State in the 2 season. Um, and uh, so obviously had a lot of success during a very successful time at Ohio State in games against the team up north and in bowl games. Um, and so as you're watching it, are there adjustments that you see like, you know what, why in the hell aren't they doing this? Or is there something that you think that a coach should have done either in, in play calling or scheming against Missouri's defense that you think could have made a difference? Or do you just feel like Ohio State was overmatched man for man on that offensive and defensive lines? I don't want to sit here and say that they were completely overmatched because I'm not going to sit here and say that Missouri is an elite premier SEC team. They're still hovering around that, that middle to uh, you know fifth or sixth best team there. Um, to me, I think you, as, a, as an offensive line coach, you know, with, without putting together your best five out there, what are you telling your quarterback? And when Devin Brown goes out and you've got to put in Lincoln Keenholz, which, hey, listen, uh, between uh, me and you and the fence post, I've had conversations with guys who have played ball down there that have been at practices, and they told me, they said, going into the season, between Kyle McCord, 
Devin Brown, and Lincoln Keenholz. Lincoln was the best guy that they thought gave gave you a chance to win the football game. So then you put him in there, and you give him you're you're on your own five yard line, and you're just getting horse crap play calling. You know what? How about you open it up for this guy? How about we build his confidence a little bit? If we're already sitting here saying we're going to work somebody's NFL reps on tape, why don't we come out first down from our own five and let him chuck one fifty yards downfield and see what happens? You already obviously don't care if you win the game or not. TJ, um, you you mentioned Josh Simmons, and he's been there all year. And the offensive line as a whole, it seemed like, was getting better uh, throughout the year, when you switch up, and it wasn't out of necessity or injury, but when you switch up your pieces of that five-man unit, how difficult is that to do after you've had a cohesive group all year long? I mean, again, you can take one piece out after four, five, six, seven weeks. And when you're talking about, let's say, from left tackle to right tackle, which could be upwards of uh, uh, five, six, seven, eight yards, you have the communication. The there's a, there's going to be a link in that communication. It's going to be a little bit weaker when you talk about playing in a hostile, loud environment. You know, we used to try and replicate situations in practice inside the Woody Hayes Center, where you would have a DJ come in and jack the music so loud that you couldn't hear the play calls. So you had to rely on what you were seeing, not what you were hearing. Maybe from the left guard when he's saying, "Hey." We've got some guys coming off the edge here, so I'm letting the right guard know that you're going to have a guy coming over top of the center's face that you have to be ready for. So don't be looking out to the right because somebody's going to earhole you coming from your left. When you pull a guy out like that, we had a situation out in Penn State in Happy Valley in 05 when we were on the road about two, three weeks after we had lost that game to Texas in the horseshoe. And we lost Kirk Barton for the game, and we put in Alex Boone. And Alex was still young, and a little bit green between the ears. But when you talk about putting a guy like Tamba Haley over top of him and Paul Pazlesny walking up into the A-gap and guys that were just absolute hammers that would throttle you if you were not up to speed on a cadence, if you were not prepared for checks, if you were not prepared to switch off stunts and blitzes. And that was a big reason why we lost that football game. Now, looking back on it, hindsight being 2020, maybe it would have been a, a better situation to pop me out to tackle and put my backup offensive guard in there. You can always sit back and say we could have done, should have done, but you know what? What I saw out there last night was, and, and I hate to call out names, but you know what? Being a guy that's been there and done it and had a little bit of success at it, maybe I've, just, I, I've, I've earned that right. I'm telling you right now, a lot of that comes down to the offensive line coach. I do not think Coach Fry had those boys prepared and ready to play football last night, and that is disappointing to me. TJ Downing joins us here on the Bryant Heating Cooling System Fan Guest Hotline, former offensive lineman for Ohio State. And I want to ask what Chip to now because I, 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 President Stark Media, is that somehow involved with Iron Man or is that something different, TJ? Yeah, we actually uh, we do a lot of uh, deep coverage on wrestling throughout the state of Ohio last year. Uh, we were able to go down there to the state tournament. Shout out to our guy, Tim Street, who, uh, and Doug Ute, those guys at OHSAA that brought us down for the first time ever. Girls wrestling was sanctioned for state championships. They brought my crews down there for the girls, the Division II mat. I did the Division Three mat alongside my guy, John Lowry, who was a former wrestler and state champion uh, or on a state championship team at Walsh Jesuit, where Iron Man was hosted just three weeks ago. You want to talk about the elite wrestlers 
in the country. Man, it's impressive to watch. I've been fortunate enough to kind of jump on early here with wrestling coverage that when you guys know, it's typically football and basketball are your cash cows. That's what really gets the coverage. But I'm going to tell you what, the state of Ohio, wrestling, it's a power, and it is fun. And we've had a lot of people that have tuned in and said, you know what, we're glad you're bringing this to the masses because at one point wrestling was struggling and it felt like it was dying. It's fully back, man, and I'll tell you what, I'm proud to be alongside of it, and I'm really excited to see these girls getting into the action. We're stepping up to an area that maybe we have lacked behind in Ohio over the years. The West Coast kind of got it early. It's coming in here now, and it was stellar last year down at the state tournament at the shop. I just know my son, uh, who was seven, he did last year for the first time with like the Matt Cubs thing at the, the, the uh, UA High School over here, but it's, and it's first, my first real experience uh, watching wrestling, I've covered it from the dispatch a couple of times. Uh, the state wrestling, but you're—I don't think you need to see it in person to fully appreciate yes. the athleticism and just the um, the competitiveness involved in this. And uh, you know, it, it's a great—it's you you work your ass off and hope that for that you know the three to six nine minutes whatever that you're out there that you know you can make your impact. But it's a quick thing, and uh, but it's it's so it, it's so much fun to watch these guys at different sizes go at it in the and I can only imagine how much that help helps in, your, in the football game, right? Oh, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that some of the toughest guys I ever had to battle with at defensive tackle or defensive end were guys that were wrestlers. I mean, just look back at the success that Luke Fickle had. Right. And I guarantee you, if you asked him today, he would say the biggest reason he was able to dominate offensive linemen was going back to his DeSales days when he dominated people on the mats, won state championships in two different weights. Hell, the guy uh, took on two offensive linemen at once in a Rose Bowl with one arm. You know, and you know, for me to see some of the youth stuff that you just talked about, yeah. you walk into a gym at a Glen Oak High School on a Saturday and there's four or 5,000 people stuffed Amazing. in there. Yeah. And there's kids everywhere. It's really, it's truly awesome. And as you said, you have to see it to really believe it. Yep, yep you do. TJ, we appreciate the time, bud, and uh, uh, educating us here, too, because we're, we're sitting here. We're just going off as Ohio State fans on what happened last night. It's good to get some nuts and bolts behind what the offensive line should have done. So uh, best of luck to you with Stark Media. We'll talk again soon. All right, guys. Happy holidays. Back Thanks, TJ. That was TJ Downey. Yeah, uh, it's... Um, I, Ryan, I always like to get, because uh, I can't, my football career ended after my freshman season. Um, actually, it was ended for me, I guess I should say, because I don't think anybody will be back. But nonetheless, I like getting perspectives from former athletes that played at an elite level on how they view the game. Like, I wish I could watch a game from TJ's eyes. Mm-hmm. I wish I could watch a game from Bobby Carpenter's eyes. I wish I could do it from Tyvis's eyes. Yeah. I wish I could watch the game like they do. Maybe not last night if you were no, an offensive lineman. I would throw up. But, no, it's good to get that perspective. And you know what? We're, you know, we're not that crazy. Yeah. Because he, he saw the same things. Yeah, right. He didn't like it either. I know. And nor should we like it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it Tough performance last night for the Buckeyes. Uh, disappointing performance for the Buckeyes. Uh, I believe Florida, uh, Georgia, Florida State, Georgia, by the way. And this is another game where, and you can't compare, look, I, you can't compare Ohio State's, um, Ohio State's result last night with the Florida State's going through, but Florida State has like 20, 20, 25 opt-outs or something like that. They've lost, obviously, their top two quarterbacks are out. Their top two receivers, their top tight end, their, their top rusher. All those guys are not playing. They are getting steamrolled by Georgia. It's 28-3 to right now, halfway through the second quarter. Florida State is. Yeah, they, I mean, 
some of their best players are not there. Right. You know, Ohio State? I know. Sucks know. losing Marvin Harrison. I know. And it sucks not having your quarterback, but most of yeah. you didn't like the quarterback anyway. Right. You know, we had there was no Tommy Eichenberg, unfortunately, and no Lathan Ransom because of injury. But other than that, you were pretty healthy. All of your transfers, the guys that weren't there, right. were depth pieces. They weren't your stars. Something my dad said to me before I came in here, and he said that, and this is the way I honestly felt. Like last night, I'm watching the game with some uh, a couple of uh, friends of ours came over to the house to watch the game last night, and I was so confident in Ohio State last night before the game. I was so confident that Ohio State was going to steamroll Missouri. And after it ended all stuff, my, and my dad said to me today, and it's absolutely true, we all should have seen this coming. You know, we all should have seen it coming. No, we should not have seen that coming. I, I don't know. But if you look at it, when, when you've got the quarterback that couldn't win the job during the year and the offensive line with the juggling like we saw, like, like you talked about, once I'm saying, once that started, once we saw how bad, like two plays in, we should have known this is not going to go well. Maybe, but the first halves haven't gone well all year. I know, I know. God. Oh, so frustrating. Uh, we talked about seeing the game through someone else's eyes, through a former player, and we're going to find out about that. It's coming up at 5.33 when Greg Fry joins us, but uh, we'll keep talking Ohio State football. We'll uh, give you updates on the other games going on right now. Hopefully the Jackets have scored a couple goals Wallow during the break. in our misery. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> coming up next, Fan Sports Saturday on The Fan. Let me see. Buckeyes, yes. Jackets, yes. Crew, yes. Fart noises. Hell yes. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destiny. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Instead of annoying national people talking to you this weekend, we've opted for annoying local people. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. Wait, what, Ryan, what are we going to do here? Uh, Tito and Ryan with you, Cam also, Ryan Baker. Um, are, are we going to just are we gonna keep going with this complaining, lamenting about Ohio State? Do you want to turn the page, do something positive? I mean, can there be, is there anything positive out of last night? Like even the defense. Right. The defense played really well. Jack Sawyer, that was positive. I don't Jack Sawyer, yes. If Jack Sawyer, and I don't know, it sounds like he's coming back next year, but if that was the last time we saw Jack Sawyer yep. put on a scarlet and gray uniform, yep. what a way to go out. Here's because Jack. that's the best he's ever played. Here he is talking about the uh, draft decision after the game. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not even really thinking about that right now. Um, you know, I'm just upset about the game. I want to send the seniors out the right way and when you put so much work in there, you know, it's tough when, you know, you don't get the outcome you want. And I just want to give Lincoln a shout-out for just stepping in there and playing with confidence in a tough spot. I thought you fought your ass off, man, and it's not easy. And, and you went in there and you did the best you could, man. So shout-out to you, man. Here's uh, Lincoln, by the way. Keenholz talking about what he will take away from this game. I'd say it's – I think it was an awesome experience. I mean, just going out there – um, I mean, just playing in the Cotton Bowl was crazy fun. Um, I mean, I think being out there was hard at first, um, but I think just the experience of playing a lot um, and, I mean, just being out there, 
uh, throwing, uh, uh, running a little bit. I mean, it just it just uh, helps me build like my uh, uh, let's say like my platform uh, for the next uh, four or five years. So, yeah, you can hear the emotion in both of them. You can't oh, say yeah. those guys didn't care, right? No, they I think, care. Yeah, they care. Yeah, they care. I wish, I wish Lincoln's coach especially when Lincoln first got put in the game. And I know there were field position issues and offensive line issues, but right. I wish I wish Lincoln's coach would have had faith in him to let it rip. Right. And we heard TJ talk about that. He like, you know, we back to the five-yard line. Just try to throw one up. Throw one up top. Try to, try to gain 40 or 50 yards on a pass. Play. Let and, it go. And don't have such a telegraphed running play. My right. gosh. You knew, you knew they are going to run. Third and eight, they're going to run. Whatever it was, they were going to run no matter what. Uh, Ryan Day um, talking about the offense not being good enough. Well, I, I felt more more in the. Uh, I mean, certainly there was some zero pressure that came, and, and they, you know, they were aggressive on on, on Link. But um, but but in, in the run game, I just felt like you know there were a couple things that hit. But but overall, you know, when you have a young kid in there, you got to be able to run the football and take some pressure off. And um, you know, we didn't do that well enough in order to win the game. I mean, the defense played plenty good enough. I thought they played their tails off and you know ran out of gas a little bit down the stretch. But uh, you know, to give up 14 points and uh, what is it, 331 yards? Is that what it was? Yeah, I mean, they, they played great and um, you know, good enough to win. Defense did. You know, we just couldn't put it together um, on offense, and and so um, you know, that's the story of the game. Uh, yeah, the defense uh, six sacks. They had to shut out Missouri for the first three quarters of the game. Uh, Keenholz ended up going six of seventeen for eighty-six yards. Uh, Devin Brown, before going down, was four of six for twenty yards. Um, Keenholz six carries, two yards. Devin Brown three for minus twelve. When you watched those two quarterbacks last night, mm-hmm. when they actually got some time in the pocket, yep. did you think they looked pretty good? Because I thought they looked, the throws they made were pretty good when they actually had some time, but Keenholz was throwing off his back foot so much, running backwards. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you could get a fair assessment of him. Here's Ryan Day talking about the switch made on the offensive line before the game. You know, I, I, I don't want to get too much into it. Of course not. Um, but you know, Carson, uh, you know, was having a, a tough time the last couple of weeks in practice, and we just felt like at the right time, all right, this was the right thing to do at the time. Um, you know, was having you know a few a few issues there, and um, and so it's not that you know Carson will never play here again, and you know, but um, based on the last couple of weeks of play, um, the decision was made that <clears throat> Matt gave us the best chance at center. That is a bold-faced lie. It's, it's, not that. Maybe not that. At some point, there was a bold-faced lie because I don't know why. I can't. I don't remember when it was, but Ryan Day specifically said Matt Jones might get some time at center mm-hmm. to show his versatility on film for the NFL teams. And there are people out there. I'm actually looking on 11 Warriors now to see if there was... Um, there's uh, if there was the th- uh, a reason on there, but every reason I've seen, and it was all over Twitter, that Matt Jones was getting this to give tape to NFL scouts, and then he says Hinsman was struggling in practice. So at some point, you lied. Uh, here's Ryan Day talking about the quarterback situation going into next year. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just fresh off the game, you know, um, so it's hard for me to process all of it right now, but. Uh, you know, we got to figure out what's the best for the team moving forward. 
and and that that that's um, in a lot of areas. So um, we've got to take a hard look at that and, and get that figured out. But um, everything will be looked at. You think a starting quarterback's on the roster right now for next year, week one? I, I do. I, I mean, who else can it be? Well, it could be Aaron Nolan. Or it could be a transfer in. Still, it's not going to be Aaron Nolan. I can't be Aaron Nolan. I agree with you. It should not be Aaron Nolan. I mean, there's a lot of smoke right now about Will Howard. Right. That's the, that's. But there's also been a lot of smoke about Will Howard to Texas A and M and then right. to USC. So I I don't know. The way that Ryan Day has, the way Ohio State's been silent in the transfer portal as far as acquisitions go. It's not quite to where the, the Dabo Sweeney thing where he's ah, we don't want transfers and all that. You know, obviously that's come back to bite him in the ass and he has to do it. But, but no one's, there's been no commitments to Ohio State. Whereas you get guys like, you know, um, was it Dylan Gabriel going from Oklahoma to Oregon? He's already announced that. You got guys who've already announced their plans where they're going to go play next year when they're transferring out. There's been nobody who's been like, okay, this guy's going to Ohio State next year. And I know, I know they've hosted some players. But there's been no smoke around, no like official announcements on somebody who's coming to Ohio State. And I wonder how much of that is by design, you know? I get the feeling that all along they've thought that none of the guys in the transfer portal mm-hmm. that they could possibly get. And the only one I believe that there, I think there's two that have been rumored that Ohio State had interest in. Right. One was Riley Leonard. They wanted to get a they a wanted to get Duke, yep. a, a visit set up with him, mm-hmm. and I think the other is Dylan Gabriel. And I don't think there was any reciprocation on either end of that. Right. Everything else you've heard about people that Ohio State wanted, for the most part, it sounds like Ohio State wasn't interested. That was on those guys' ends. Right. I don't think Ohio State thought there was anyone out there better than what they had. If you remember, a lot of people talked about Malik Murphy. Devin Brown was rated higher than him. Yeah. A lot of people talk about Malachi Nelson, who was rated pretty high, but I think Lincoln Keenholz was right in that area, too. So I don't think that there was anyone they thought was better. I think, and I've thought this all along, if they bring a quarterback in from the transfer portal, it's a depth guy, maybe a little better than a Tristan Jebbia, but something like that. Yeah, it'd be tough to bring in, because if you bring in somebody, all of a sudden, you're going to lose, if you bring in somebody who's going to start, or you think might start, you're going to lose Brown or Keenholes, or you know, you're going to lose somebody out of that room if they bring in somebody who's going to start from who they think will start from day one. Uh, all right, coming up next, though, we're going to talk to a former Buckeye quarterback. Greg Fry is going to join us next, discuss what he saw on Fan Sports Saturday, 97.1 The Fan. Common Man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you, too. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sports Talk Weekend Style. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. Tita with you, Ryan Baker, came as well. And before we bring on Greg Fry, I'm going to play this 
And then I'll get Greg's reaction to it. Here's Ryan Day talking about Devin Brown's nerves and early struggles. I felt like he was going to have nerves early on. I felt we were going to be able to play through it and figure out what that looked like going into the second half. Um, he had a little bit of nerves, but you, you know you could see him you see the athleticism. You see him break the pocket almost. You know, just missed the throw down the sideline. Um, you know, he missed the screen early on, but I felt like you know he was going to kind of have to play through that a little bit. And, and this is his first start, so. Um, and then we lose him, and you know we had a lot of things in the game plan designed for his style of play, and um, we lost him. That was you know it was a little bit of a scramble, and um, you know we came up short. Okay, that was Ryan Day after last night's game against Missouri, the fourteen to three loss. Now we're joined by Greg Fry on the Bryant Heating and Cooling System Fan Guest Hotline for Buckeye quarterback uh, Greg. Uh, Ryan Day spoke about some of the nerves of you know Devin Brown, but so, certainly the offensive line. I'm sure you've had to been in a situation or two, maybe like what Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz had to go through last night, where you just had no time to throw. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, you know like everybody else. I'm still processing all this, but clearly. Um, you know, when you look at position groups, the offensive line, I, I think it's well documented today that they did not play well. Um, and quarterbacks, uh, you know, were running for their lives all night. But I would also add that they had some opportunities um, to make throws and held on the ball a little bit too long. Um, you know, so I, I listened to Ryan Day's comment there. The screen, I think it was on the first drive maybe. I'd I, I love to watch the film. I, when I saw it the first time, I thought it might have been a touchdown. And it was not a hard throw. It just happened to be his first throw. And I know, you know, it's your first start and there's a lot of nerves. I get it, which is why they try to give him an easy throw. But if you watch that play, they, I think that they've brought a safety blitz, if I recall. And if he completes that throw to Abuka and, and we block our guys, that might go. And it's one of those, you, know, you just don't get a do-over on one of those. And I get it. He's got nerves, but that's one of those throws. It's not, it's a screen, you know, and he got, hurried and he threw it in the ground because he saw the blitz coming. Um, and it's just, it's one of those that could have just flipped the whole script. If you hit that throw, we get a big play and you get some momentum early. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what Ryan said. It was, it was going to take Devin a while to settle in. And I kind of felt that like it might, might take him to the second half. And I've, I've lived that, uh, but it didn't quite go that way. And of course now we're all, you know, trying to figure out what exactly happened. Greg, Ohio State quarterbacks being late kind of be, uh, seems like a theme of this year, uh, of what we've seen all year. The game last night, the, we talked about the offensive line, and maybe there were a couple times when they could have got it out more. But is last night, a, uh, is it fair to judge either of these quarterbacks with the amount of pressure they were under last night? I don't think so. That's um, no, tough. I mean, it, they both got put in some really uh, – not good positions, let's say. And uh, with all that pass rush, you know, uh, Missouri did their job. They got pressure on the quarterback, and that's what happens at any level. You get pressure on the quarterbacks, and you make you make life miserable. Um, but, you know, Ryan also made the comment that they struggled to run the football. And I thought early in the game we ran them all pretty good. Um, but clearly that didn't stay the same. And when you can't run the football and there's a pass rush as a quarterback, I thought you're in for a long day. It's just, And I've experienced that. It's not pleasant. And, uh, you know, now both those guys know what that feels like, unfortunately. Former Buckeye quarterback Greg Fry joins us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling System Fan Guest Hotline. So you're in that situation as a quarterback where, you know, nothing, you're, you're getting no kind of time to throw whatsoever. What kind of conversation do you have with your head coach? Or can you have that kind of conversation and try to make suggestions? Or what would you have done differently? You know, what, does a quarterback go to the coach and say, look, we've got to try this? Or does, is that is that even a possibility? 
No, you're, you're shutting your mouth there, especially if you're a young quarterback or a new quarterback. You're not saying a word <laughs> other than, um, you know, to the guys that probably like, come on, guys, you, get, you don't yell at them, but you got to be like, come on, guys, I got, I got to have a little bit more time here. Um, and, and I, you know, I got to go back and watch the film, but I would say this, that when I look at both quarterbacks, there were opportunities to get the ball out sooner, as I've said, like they held on to it a couple of times too long. And Keenholz especially was retreating more than anything, which is natural. That's a natural human habit. When, they, when it's coming at you, you want to retreat. But I feel like there were times when he could have stepped up. And I think same for Devin. If they step up, you help, especially your tackles. Um, and if you recall, like the, when Devin got hit the second time from the backside, he got blindsided. You know, that's a play where you really want to step up in the pocket and or get rid of it sooner. Now, he held on that ball too long. And, again, I, I watched the replay. I watched it over and over. But I feel like he had a crossing route coming open, and, and he took probably three or four hitches, which if you take a three-step drop and you're taking three or four hitches, you've taken too long. <laughs> and the clock's got to go off in your head like the ball's got to come out. So that play in particular, I don't put on the left tackle who didn't do a great job. I put that on the quarterback to get it out sooner because there was somebody open. So, you know, and again, when it's your first start, I get it. That's going to happen. You're going to have a guy hold on the ball a little too long. So, you know, we had it working at both ends where we, we didn't get it out quick enough and or we didn't pick up a blitz or somebody was getting beat up front. Uh, and at the end of the day, you add it all together and it stands up to three points, which, uh, you know, just makes me and I'm sure a lot of other people want to puke today. Greg, you've obviously played at that level, and you've coached quite a bit at the high school level. When you see your offensive line getting dominated like the Ohio State offensive line did last night, when do you make the adjustment to leave a tight end in to help block instead of uh, letting them run a pass route? Or when do you put a fullback in uh, to help chip a guy? Because I only remember seeing one time on a pass play the tight end stay and, and help block, and it was G. Scott, and he did a good job. He made a block, and they got a pass completion because the quarterback had a little bit more time. Where were the uh, – did they need to make more adjustments last night? Well, it's a great question, Ryan. And, and here's a challenge. From a coaching standpoint, the, the pushback I would say would be there's so many layers to that question. And I think Ryan alluded to the fact that, you know, they had a game plan really geared towards Devin. And after a couple series, that's out the window. Uh, and then you add on a layer of the, the, the old lines getting beat, you know, so, okay, how do you adjust with that? So the whole game plan was shot immediately. Now, great coaching staffs can adjust accordingly. And I, and I would argue this staff has done a great job of that for the most part this year. But last night was the ultimate test because the game plan was out the window. You got a freshman quarterback in there. You got an O-line that's getting beat. Um, you know, what do you do? Now, I, I, I felt like early in the game, they did a little bit of two tights and they put, um, I don't even know who it was. I think it was 94 is the number at fullback. It was a defensive lineman. Yeah. I think uh, McD- yeah. McDonald. And they ran power. And smoked them. Like, and we only, I only saw that three or four times. And every time they ran it, with one exception, it, was, it worked. And I'm thinking, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you go two tights and just run power. Like, that's what a lot of high schools do well, as we've all witnessed. And, you know, I think the only time it didn't work, they ran counter. I think they got a little too tricky in the second half and tried to, you know, trick them. Well, at that point, the heck with tricking them. If power's working, just run it because you can flush out all the blitzes. You, you block down, you kick out, and off you go. 
And I don't know, that's one play that I, you know, as I'm sitting there as, a, as an analyst or a play caller, like, well, why are we going back to that? Because it's as simple as you can get. You're under center. It's like, that's old school, but it worked. So, you know, I, you can't sit here and say they weren't trying to make adjustments because they were. But it's just, uh, you know, I, I would say there was times when you saw things starting to click in the second half, you know, with King Holtz. Like, he got he, they started letting him throw on first down. And he was getting it out because there wasn't as much pressure. And you saw a little bit of rhythm. But on top of the O-line not playing well, you, you got penalties, right? There was too many penalties. Like, the whole thing was out of rhythm. Like just, I, I, that's why you can't sit here and say, well, they should have done this or should have done that because it was bad at so many levels. Greg, real quick, we talk about the game plan, and Ryan Day talked about the game plan. I don't think it's like you were going from Kyle McCord to Devin Brown, though, a guy with no mobility to a guy with mobility. I mean, and obviously we haven't seen a lot of Devin Brown or Lincoln Keenholz, but from what we've heard of them and know of them, it seems like they're pretty similar quarterbacks, maybe even Lincoln a little more athletic. So how much could the game plan have been different? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think a ton, but I think I think they would have liked to, you know, let Devin showcase his running ability a little bit more. Um, we saw it a little bit, and I, and again, I don't. I'd love to go back and watch the film and really look at because I think he missed a couple reads a couple times. He kept the ball, maybe should have given it whatever. But um, the the problem is, as I saw when, I, and this is where I I can relate and feel for Ryan was that it was going to take Devin probably a full half of football to settle down, and trust me. I get that. Like the first Michigan game I played in, it took me a full half. And I played a great second half, but the first half stunk. So he needed that time to settle in. And you could see series to series, he was getting a little bit better. Um, and I, I really feel like, I really believe this. Had Devin stayed healthy, we'd win that football game. He would have had a better second half. Um, but the problem is that didn't happen. And, you know, and then when he went out, it just was like, wow. And we just, we couldn't find anything to stick. And it just got uglier and uglier. Uh, Greg, there was a time, the last time I watched the game, when it was 7-3, to three, I thought Ohio State had, was like, they, they had very little chance of winning how the offense was forming. I felt so much different uh, a few years back when Ohio State's quarterback was 2-7 for seven in the first half, uh, I believe, um, and then went 21, or 18-23 for 23 for 327 in the second half to lead Ohio State back from a 31 to nothing deficit against Minnesota. You may remember that game. Um, <laughs> but, like, I felt more confident at that moment at halftime for Ohio State even though you had a, a bad first half that I did last night. I know. And I, and I, that's one of the reasons why I say sometimes you got to stick with your guy. Like it is a, now that I've been around football a few years, like you, there's just times when, cause I've been there, you got to let a quarterback settle in. And sometimes it takes a quarter or a half. And yeah, I've, I've lived that. Right. I, I know yeah. that you can flip it, but um, I, I would agree. Although I tend to be a silver lining guy. Like I felt like when it was seven to three, I, I thought, well, okay, now like, now you're behind. Like now you got to do it. Right. And I felt like, okay, maybe we'll finally put a drive together. But you know, you just you got a freshman quarterback, and there's tough. And when you don't give him time or a running game, it is a near impossibility. And the fact that we couldn't run the ball too good in the second half really shocked me because I thought early in the game we were we were establishing the line of scrimmage, running the ball, okay, and that went away. And yeah. I, that's. I didn't see that one coming. Like, that's the part of, I'm still a little bit shell-shocked with what I watched. Like, what did I actually just watch? Right, I hear you. <laughs> yep. It wasn't good. It was not. Greg, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, giving your perspective on that game, and uh, we'll talk again soon, bud. 
Always, guys. Thanks for Thanks, having me. Thanks, Greg. On. That was Greg okay. Fry, former high state quarterback. Yeah, he led that 31 to nothing comeback. He had another big comeback against LSU, I think, uh, when they were down big in the fourth quarter. Great but, baseball player, too. That's right. I totally forgot about that. State. Yes, that's right. He did. Uh, all right, coming up, so we'll wrap up the program as we get ready for Ohio State Hoops. It's Fan Sports Saturday on the Fan. Whatever you're doing right now, just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon. Even if this promo is playing in the morning, no judgment. Ah, sweet morning drinking. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Showing weekend programming. Pants are optional. Look at my butt! However, leather chairs may have been a bad choice. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Fan Sports Saturday. Tito and Ryan Baker with you. Cam over there running things for us behind the glass. Uh, make sure you stick around. Tim Hall's coming up here at the top of the hour with the fan warm-up show. I see him lurking. He's lurking. Tim can lurk. When I lurk, I I get called out on it by man and bone, but (laughs) Tim can lurk, though, because he's Tim. Well, that's because you say you don't like man on the air like you did earlier today. (laughs) Um, We get some news here, right? Ohio State, uh, we got someone into the draft. Is that correct, Ryan? Yeah, Mike Hall Jr. earlier today said he will be foregoing the rest of his eligibility and heading to the NFL draft. A guy that, man, when he was healthy, Tito, super productive. One of the best interior defensive linemen I remember seeing, even though he's a little undersized. Right. But, man, he just couldn't stay on the field. He was hurt all the time. Yeah, that was a thing. And so, um, you know, obviously the combine will be huge for him. You know, whatever he can show there, and, and he'll be one of those guys who has a chance to really change the narrative, flip the script, if you will, on uh, on where he could get drafted. Also, we have Jaden McKenzie. Um, he is the 15th player to enter the transfer port- portal. Uh, that happened what, earlier today. Is that correct that we heard about that one? Yeah, it sounded like it was earlier this morning is what it uh, says everywhere we've seen. So, um, And so he's, I mean, he's, again, the 15th player, 15th scholarship player to enter the portal since the end of the regular season. So a um, little bit of surprise, but uh, it's not, not much of a surprise, I guess I should say, because he really didn't play that much. So McKenzie, though, is the only one that's gone as well. Uh, college football scores right now. Let's do the good news first. Jackets up 1-0. Let's right? go. Let's go. Damon Severson. Nice little goal. Jackets outscored Ohio State last night with their six to five win over Toronto. Now they're ahead of the Sabres, one to nothing. The same Sabres team they beat, what nine to four the last time out. Yeah, on Rothman and Ice the other yeah. day, we did some overs and unders, and okay. I said Jackets these two games back to back, over under seven and a half goals. Rothman wow. took the under, so right. one more goal one more for goal. the Jackets, and That's he's right. lost. Yes. So uh, Georgia's rolling Florida State at the half, forty-two to three. Wolf. Good Lord. Um, and, yeah, we talked about this on the break. Florida State, all the hype about, oh, you know, they, they belong, they belong. This is not the same Florida State team. What, 25 guys, you said? So they, on upward, not quite 20. It was over 20, though. Close 25 or opting out or whatever. And, uh, you know, like I say, they're down their, their third-string quarterback, and they've lost their top two receivers, opted out, uh, top running back, top tight end, a couple players on defense as well. Um, so no real surprise that they're losing – 
the surprise is the fact that it's 42 to 3, I guess, right at the half in that one. Yeah. Um, Carson Beck, 13 of 18, 203 yards in the first half, two touchdowns. They've also carried the ball as a team 16 times for 180 yards. By the way, that averages out to 11.3 yards a carry and four touchdowns. Um, Florida State's 8 for 23 through the air uh, with one interception for 128 yards. So that game's ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, what else going on? There's another bowl game going on right now as well. Uh, Toledo's playing against Wyoming. Toledo's up 10-6, to six, uh, about five minutes to go in the second quarter there. Maryland put up the finishing touches on Auburn, 31-13. to 13. Uh, We got a big NFL game tonight. Dallas-Detroit. I uh, mean, that, that could be big time for NFC seeding. Yeah, yep. Um, so that's going on in Jerry do, World. Do you believe in either of those teams? Um, I do. I, but uh, with the caveat, I believe in them at home. You know, like I, okay. I, I don't want to see Detroit have to go on the road and play in elements, and I don't think Dallas plays well on the road, obviously. Now, granted, their their toughest games this year have all been road games for them. You know, I mean, I can't ever talk about well, they haven't beat anybody, winning, like any really elite teams. They beat Philadelphia, obviously, but the other games that they've lost, like the Miami game, um, you know, those have all been road games where they've lost. How, San Francisco, right, was also a road game. How great would a Browns-Lions Super Bowl be? Oh, God, I know. I, look, I've gotten to the point now. Me, as, as a Steelers fan who likes to mock Browns fans, I am now openly rooting for the Browns to make a playoff run. I swore, Tito, the Browns weren't going to suck me back in, but yeah, daggone it, I was did. happy the other night when I went to bed. Hey, I said last night that, um, or I've said recently on the air, that Devin Brown comes out and has a huge game. Like, if he would come out and had, like, a, a four-touchdown game, 300 yards passing, I'd say it would have looked bad for Ryan Day because he didn't play him sooner. Yeah. I feel this. I, I feel like if Joe Flacco makes a great run in the Super, like in, in, a, in, in the playoffs and then doesn't get re-signed because he's 39 years old because he's Joe Flacco, and then how bad will it look for Deshaun Watson, especially when he comes back if he doesn't do it next year, doesn't do what Flacco's doing here? I mean, Flacco will have a statue, so you'll be playing right. in his stadium. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, but good for the Browns. Get the win over the Jets. Uh, dominating win in that game. Um, and uh, Joe Flacco is now passed, I believe, Johnny Manziel for 31st on the all-time Browns passing list, believe it or not. Money Manziel. Uh, right. Money Manziel. So. Hey, and hopefully the Buckeye Hoops team can get yes. a win for an Ohio State team here tonight. There's no one more knowledgeable on college hoops than the man joining us next year. He's going to be coming on for the, uh, the fan warm-up show. It's Tim Hall. He's going to be with you for a little bit then the Buckeyes take on West Virginia tonight this has been Fan Sports Saturday on the fan if the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on you've come to the right place proud to be your home for Jackets hockey the fan Ohio sports destiny without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.